What's up? Welcome to another another episode of the CB Baker Show. Wow. Um, 2020 has like been real. We've, you know, I know me personally, I've had uh, people that I know passed away with the, like the first week of 2020. And also now with the, uh, the news and the tragic news of Kobe Bryant and his daughter passing away in a helicopter crash, you know, it makes you really sit down and just really just really take a look back at your life. You know, what you really deem like important. You know, it's one of those things where I talk about often or you hear other people talk about too, you know, the self-importance of just taking time for yourself and self-care and, you know, People always talk about giving people their flowers while they're here. You know, you you hear about it, but normally when you hear about it, it's usually after somebody has passed and you didn't give that time to be able to like tell them that you love them, care for them, and you appreciate them being in your life. You know, so I do feel like now with this tragedy that some people out there doing it, I know I am. You know, I know now that I pay more attention to my kids, you know, I hug them now. Like now I understand, like when they leave out the door, it's not a guarantee that they're coming back. You know, it's not a guarantee that you're coming back when you leave out the door as well. So it's just one of those things that you just got to be very mindful of. All right. So today's episode, um, I'm going to talk about the nine rules of self-improvement. Now, I have thought about um, how to do this. I thought about maybe doing like one at a time, and I thought about uh, doing it all in one uh, swoop, right? So so we don't have like multiple of each episodes you know, catered to each one. I'm going to go through all nine right here, and it's, it's not going to be long. It's going to be rather brief, but I mean, each one of them could be its own episode for 30 minutes. if. If I chose to, especially if I had somebody sitting here, if I had a co-host here with me um, talking about it and having a discussion about it. So the first rule of the nine, the nine rules of self-improvement, the very first rule is listen as if you don't know anything. The reason why I, I made, made this the first rule is because it's one of the most important things I've, I was ever taught or, or advice given ever in my life. And whenever, when I got it, I said, okay, you know, now I get it. You know, my dad who worked his way up to an executive, you know, corporate America as a black man, you know, from the, from the late seventies all the way up to the nineties, you know, busting through that glass ceiling, so to speak. One thing that he always did and I was kind of was wondering, like, he always asked what I deemed to be a dumb question. Like, they just covered this, you know, but he was asking the question because, so he could get a more clarifying answer to what the person was saying. To get more clear, you know, get more clarity on it. And I didn't, when I was 23, 24, 25, it was annoying. At 41, I now understand what he was doing. 
you're got to get clarification because you go into the situation as if you don't know anything. So therefore you're able to learn something new. We have all like been to conferences or watched videos and was like, I already know this stuff. I don't really need to sit here, but the really good people in the audience, the wise people in the audience will sit there and listen for the 10 to 20% that they do not know that 10 to 20% of what they don't know could be the little thing that they was missing to take them to the next level. And also it's not always a negative thing to literally relearn something. Like when you really think about it, how much of the things that you hear or learn, do you actually implement or that you actually implement or activate or actually do? Think about it. Like I'm getting ready to go now to, I'm getting ready to go to the 10 X growth conference in Vegas at the end of this month. Well, not at the end, but toward like on the 20th. So now I'm going to sit there for three days. I'm going to get a ton of information. How much of this information am I going to actually implement and activate? I would like to say 50, 60%. That's what I would like to say. But truthfully, it's going to be around. It's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of like 10 to 20%. And it's truthful. Because some of it I've already heard, some of it I'm already implementing. Uh, Some of it I have heard, tried, did not work for me. Okay. So, but I will go into the situation knowing as if I don't know anything and listen as if I don't know anything. So maybe I will learn something. It also helps. It will help you keep an open mind when you're there to learn something. The second rule is trial and error. Okay. The second rule is trial and error is the fastest way to learn something small to medium size of importance. Trial and error. I know that you're going to say, well, CB, that's kind of like simple. I was like, yeah, it is. Now I'm going to break something down to you, right? Remember back in the day, uh, or the people that's too young to remember or even know, but there was VCRs. When VCRs first came out, the most advanced of VCRs, you could set them to record on a certain channel at a certain time. You was programming your VCR to record. This was like the first of its kind, right? Now, when you had to do that, it was very complicated for back then. We're talking like, 86, 87, 88, 1988, right? Some people was literally so fabric that they would call the customer service line to find out how to do this. Now you got to remember now, this is pre-internet, pre-internet, pre-YouTube. Like now YouTube, you can just basically go on YouTube and look up anything, right? But pre-YouTube and pre-internet, you had to call the customer service line to ask them how to do something even though they had an instruction booklet there. But what's funny about what they would ask you, 
the very first question they will ask you is the VCR plugged up? Mm. The second question they will ask you is is the power on? And if you said, I don't know, they said, press the power button and see if you see lights. Okay. That is really your first steps of trial and error. Right. You make, is it, is it plugged in? Okay. It's plugged in. Okay. Is the power on? All right. All right. The power's on. So I know this because I know that back in the day, but pre-internet, like in 96, 97, even 10 years after the VCR situation, you had the same thing with DVD and DVD recorders. And if you ever call the customer service people, they will ask you, is it plugged in? And is it, is the power on? Okay. So I automatically, before I did anything, did that. Now let's fast forward to today. You got an iPhone, right? Or you got any type of phone and it freezes up. What's the first thing you know to do? Turn the power on and off. That's because that's the first thing they're going to ask you when you call the customer service line. Can you turn the power on and off? Basically doing a soft reset of the device. You know, now with the cable boxes, they're the same way. Cable box freeze, unplug it for 30 seconds, plug it back up. Trial and error starts with those basic notions of unplugging and plugging back in trial and error is usually the fastest way in, in order to understand or to fix something that's small to medium size. If it's a large size situation or a problem, or a large problem, a lot of times you might have to bring in other people, you know, delegate some things or it'll get some help or research it, go on the internet and find some things. Okay. But for small stuff and medium sized things, trial and error works best. The interesting thing is that if you take the time to write out your process, trial and error will will speed up and sometimes move faster than when you're looking things up online. Because you can, when you write down what did not work, you know what didn't work, so therefore you don't have to go back. But one thing about it, is when you're doing stuff trial and error and it's, and it's clicking buttons and things like that, you will start finding out things about a, like a software program or something that you're working at that you didn't know existed. Taking point, Excel. Back in the day, Microsoft Excel was a very a complicated piece of software that people was having a hard time doing. If you was able to become an expert at it, you was almost guaranteed a job. Now everybody and their mama knows how to work Excel. Large in part is because of the trial and error. You open it up, you click the buttons, and then the buttons, or you hovered over buttons, and they will have certain items right there for you to do on how to type in formulas and things like that. But you learn, most likely, Microsoft Excel through trial and error. All right, let's move on to number three. The third rule of self-improvement is be kind to yourself. I, I cannot express to you more how important this is. The reason why be kind to yourself is one, is one of the rules is because 
when you're doing something new or when you're trying to improve yourself, you are going to undoubtedly fail and fail often. And if you sit there and beat yourself up over it, all you're going to do is make it harder for yourself. And then that notion of quitting is going to come sooner than what it should come. Be kind to yourself. Don't beat yourself up. How often have you seen people sabotage things that they was doing because they literally beat themselves up and said it wasn't worthy. It wasn't worth it. And they just didn't accomplish or get to that next level of self-improvement. Now we see it, but sometimes the person that's going through it, don't see it. Now, another thing I will say on, if you're doing a self-improvement project and you haven't made, you know, a public service announcement about it, I know in this day and age of social media, it feels like everybody's got to make a public service announcement about their self-improvement. But if you are one of the few people that's left out there that do not make a public service announcement about what they're going to improve, no one knows this but you. So be kind to yourself because think about it. Would you go tell somebody that you was trying to do something new to improve yourself that you that you felt like would not support you? No, you would not do that. But you will be harsh on yourself if you didn't get to a certain level at a certain time. Now, I will say this. Now, if you planned on doing something on self-improvement, you put a timeline on it, do not get discouraged when you don't meet that timeline because self-improvement is like remodeling the house. You need to take whatever you budget in your head and then add three to four months or three times as much time to that because that's the way when you're, you know, remodeling house, they tell you to budget, take what your budget is and time frame and triple it. And you might come close to how long it will actually take. What I'm trying to say is if you put on your new year's resolution that you was going to do something in six months or by June, don't get discouraged. If it's December or February, 2021, before you actually get it accomplished or you actually master what you was trying to master. So be kind to yourself. All right, moving on. Number four, knowing when to quit. This is huge because knowing when to quit will save you the most precious thing that you have in your life, which is time. And I'm not saying that you should go into this, like and going into self-improvement with the notion of, you know, I'm going to quit. I'm not saying that. I'm saying that when you have exhausted everything and you've come to the realization of knowing yourself that I am not going to be good at this, I am not going to be good at X, Y, and Z, then that's the time that you need to quit trying to improve yourself on that particular thing. Now you may say to me, CB, well, what about if I got to do it or it needs to be done? Delegate it. It's easy. Delegate it. Since we're since we're um, tax seasons come up, how many of everybody out there that's listening actually does their taxes? Okay, okay, okay. I'm not talking TurboTax. I'm talking 
do your actual taxes. There's not too many people out there that's doing their actual taxes. They have punted on that. They have delegated it. TurboTax is now to the point where literally you're punching in numbers into the machine and the machine tells you, you know, what your taxes are. You know, what your tax return would be, what your refund would be, or what you got to pay. And, you know, basically you punch the numbers in, you're crossing your fingers, I hope I don't have to owe anything, and then, boom, it's right there. That's not actually doing your taxes. The machine is doing it. Okay? So, Society for America has basically delegated the taxes to either TurboTax, H&R Block, or some other you know, tax firm that's out there that's, you know, was the Liberty Tax, the guys out there flipping the sign. You have delegated that to that. You quit. You quit and you delegated it. Well, I guarantee you, you don't feel bad for quitting that, do you? A lot of people listening never even tried to do the actual taxes. I know one time I walked somewhere, I had a tax return that did not get turned in. It was two years old. So therefore I could not do my actual like taxes on like turbo tax. Right. And I had to do actual taxes. And I tell you what, I do not want to ever do that again. Okay. I felt confused. And then honestly, when I turned it in, I didn't know if it was right or wrong. I just turned something in, you know, the age olds at is do something. So that's what I did. All right. Rule number five, always value the experience. I cannot tell you how important it is to value the experience that you're having in the moments of self-improvement. So Gary V always talks about, you know, enjoy the process. People were talking about, you know, it's the process or trust the process. If you enjoy the process and pay attention to what's happening, you will have so many experiences to be able to tell people about what happened in your self-improvement endeavor. It's amazing. Like if you think about it, all the stories that you hear, the feel good stories, those are stories that people documented the process to them succeeding. The story isn't in the result. The story is in the processes in the journey. And I want you to be present. Okay. Be present in the moment and in the journey so you can like experience, like value it, understand it. Because here's the, here's the kicker. You will always spend more time talking about the experience than the actual experience took place. Think about it. A lot of times you'll sit, you'll tell stories to other people, multiple people about something that that was fun that went down. I always tell the story about how me and Sherry went to Vegas and turned up and everything and doing the uh, Pacquiao Mayweather fight. I always tell that story. It's a wonderful story. Okay. I may embellish it a little bit here and there, but it's a wonderful story because I remember the experience and I was present in that experience. I know that you are listening to me. You have an experience right now that's crossed your mind of something that was fun that happened that you was there. Always value the experience when you're doing self-improvement. All right, moving on to number six. Number six, be present when learning something 
new. We talked about this a little bit and listen as if you don't know anything. You got to be present. When you're present, which I've covered before, when you're present, time seems to slow down. When time slows down, okay, you're able to take in more. Now, if you've ever listened to an audiobook, you have the notion to speed up the person talking or slow them down. Have you ever taken it and went down to like 0.5? Because it always comes on at default is like one time, right? And if you go, well, 1x, if you go down 0.5x and see how slow they're talking, it's like, man, this when are they going to speed up? But if you go down to 0.5 on important points that you really want to capture, you're able to take it all in. And that's what I want you to do when you are trying to learn something new is be present so you can slow things down. Being present also helps you be focused on what the person is saying or what the activity that you're doing or whatever you're trying to research when you're trying to improve yourself. Number seven, don't reinvent the wheel. I cannot tell you, first off, not reinventing the wheel will help you save time, right? Don't waste time trying to do something that somebody else has done. So it, let's take the example of uh, losing weight for that. For example, find somebody that's their same size, height, build, age that has already lost weight. Study what they did and didn't do. And then mimic those. And then most likely you will start to lose weight in it, but also pay attention to what you're doing. So, you know, and you will be successful. Same thing goes with business or anything else. Find something that somebody else has already done that's in your predicament or your um your arena that you're trying to bust into. Like if you're starting from scratch and you're trying to get into something, who else done it? Who else has done it and been successful? And here's another thing too. Like there's a lot of people out there that's not successful that can tell you what not to do. Like I've often always said, the wino at the corner store has got something to tell you because sometimes he can tell you what not to do. Don't end up like me by doing this or doing X, Y, and Z, right? All right. Moving on. Number eight, practice makes perfect. All right. So practice makes perfect. You've heard this a thousand times, but do you actually do it? Most likely, no. The reason why I say that is because if you're, unless you're playing a sport in high school and you had the ability to make it to college and playing that same sport or a different sport, you're not going to be practicing anything. That's right. You're like when you're grown and got a job, do you actually practice? They call it training, but how often do you do it? How often does your job offer training? How often do you train yourself or practice at what you're doing? Well, CB, you know, I don't need practice at writing a report. Oh, yeah, you do. Oh, CB, I don't need practice to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, you do. Because there's a reason why your report or your reports are not getting um, picked up or your proposal is not being done is because if you're only doing it when you need to have one, 
which is, let's say, once a quarter. That means a course of a year, you're only going to do it four times. So when you've worked, let's say, one year, you got one year's experience on the job. You've only done you've only done this proposal four times. When somebody's coming in, they're only at zero. So you've only done it four more times than them. I would hope that I mean you're basically hoping on just dumb luck that the other person isn't better than you. You gotta practice at it. You gotta practice. Practice makes perfect. So I also tell people too. It's like. Like in sports, look at the tape. Like if you're doing a proposal, record it so you can see how you look, how you react. Then also try to get the reaction of the people in that in the audience that you're doing the proposal for. So if you have if you're able to do this, have one camera facing you and then one camera facing the audience to see when they're connecting with you and when they disconnected from you and what part. So you can go back and check this. Now all the YouTube people out there, you could check that type stuff in your analytics and say, okay, when people checked out and when people check back in, right? Simple, but people don't look at that. But hey, practice makes perfect. And the last one, and it's not the most important one, but it is one of the one of the important ones. I did not force rank these, but the the last one is master of one and a jack of all trades. No, I did not say that wrong. I didn't say master of none. I said master of one. See, a lot of times we spend so much time focused on mastering like one particular thing that we can do well, right? But I want to take it a step further. If you're able to master one thing and you mastered it, are you a jack of all the other trades? Being a jack of all the other trades helps you stay valuable, because if you are master at something that's so niched that you basically are expendable once you've perfected that for that particular job or for that particular arena or organization, and you have to go to another organization that needs it. If they're able to pay more, that's great. But what if you are in a situation to where your kids are in high school, you don't want to move them, you know, you don't, or you're comfortable where you're at, you know, you want to spend more, be closer to your parents you don't want to move. That's where that jack of all trades on the other other side comes into play. Because I guarantee you that if you're a master of a skill and a jack of all trades in the other ones, you are going to be in the top and the top 10% of whatever you work at. You'll be the last person that people will be thinking about letting go because they know that if I got something that's got to get done, I'm talking to you because you know just enough about everything to be able to get everything accomplished. And then when it's come time for like executive roles, COO, maybe even CEO, your name comes up because you are a master of one and jack of all trades. Wow. So that's the nine rules. So I hope you took notes and I hope you um, follow these rules. And, and if you got any questions or comments, please leave them down below and I'll get to them. And if you got any other questions or anything like that, that you want to just straight, just send directly to me, you can send it to cbbaker at conqueringdreams.com. That is cbbaker at conqueringdreams.com. Also, while you're here listening, I have a new program out. 
It's called it's the Conquer Dreams program. Have your best year ever. It's a goal training system. And I help you go through the whole your whole goals for the year and mapping them out so you can crush those goals and change your life. So in one year, you have a completely different and improved life. I'm running a special on that right now. Right now, regular price is $97. Right now, you can get it for $48. That is $48. That's 50% off. Hey, and also it's got five training models, modules to it and everything. So it's a good training program and I'm working on some other stuff. Thank you all so much. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Till next time.